Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to the last Prepper Standing Podcast. I got your favorite guest, my favorite guest, no disrespect to the other guests, but the one, the only, Frederick Reddy. What's going on, brother? Yo, what's up, brother? What's up? What's up, man? It's all good. I'm feeling clean right now. Feeling real You're clean. You're feeling clean right now. That's yeah. awesome because that's exactly what this subject's about. I wanted to dig into kind of more of a topic-driven episode with a guest. And who better than Frederick Reddy to give us some of the ins and outs on hygiene after SHTF. You ready for this one? Yeah, from a uh, urban preparedness point of view, absolutely. And I think, you know, for from an urban preparedness point of view, I think whether you're urban, rural or not, you're going to be able to apply these principles to any situation you're living in, in the SHTF scenario. And I honestly, I think uh, right up there with fitness, hygiene is probably one of the least talked about subjects when it comes to preparing for anything. Oh, I totally agree with you. And that's why I'm always asking the question, what is a prepper? Because um, this one doesn't get talked about at all. And it's probably one of the ones that I spent um, a lot of time thinking about. So, um, you know, I haven't really prepped. You know, we we got it's kind of cool. You kind of give me some questions to go over. But I, I, I lost it in our text. We text so so much. And I don't want to get off topic. But we're always constantly texting back and forth. I don't even know where that one is. It's like somewhere. <laughs> it feels like that was like three weeks ago. Well, but, I uh, know that if anyone anyone has it all figured out already, it's going to be you. So I'm not even worried about it. But, you know, as I kind of like break down hygiene and I thought about this episode a little bit, I can't think to if we if we talk about an SHTF scenario and you think about how important it is, I can't think of one thing that progressed humanity further than hygiene. I mean, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely important. Um, I've, I've done a test, um, which I was, I've been thinking about if I wanted to exclusively drop it here on the last, uh, prepper standing, but I, I think I'm going to keep it, but I've actually done a test on hygiene. Um, that's actually turned out to be a little bit embarrassing for, for me. Um, but it was a big, big lesson learned. And so I've, because of that, I put a lot of time in thinking about, about hygiene. And, and for me, it just really starts with water and that would be clean water. Um, and you know, filtered water, I guess you would, you would really say, say right. it like and that. that. And that is, that is so key. And that's what I talk about. You know, um, I think there's, there's three theories in terms of how some of these civilizations have just disappeared off the face of the earth. And I think again, just like any subject when it comes to hygiene, it's probably not talked about enough because it's probably the least sexy is just to say, Hey, the Mayans disappeared. The Aztecs disappeared. The Egyptians disappeared. All these people just disappeared because of a lack of hygiene. And that, and that's why they're gone. The they, 
you know, it's a lot more sexy to say, you know, there was aliens and mass mass extinction, this and that, or you know, just a civilization uh, went into de complete decadence and they all killed each other. Versus, hey, you know what? There was probably like some freaking disease that went around and everyone just got murked. Could, could be the case. Yeah, I mean, could could definitely be the case. And so, you know, I remember talking to, you know, one of a group member. You know, this could have been somebody from Instagram or, you know, part of preparedness awareness, but he was part of the Katrina, um, you know, disaster. And that's one of the questions I asked him. I said, you know, how did you ma maintain your hygiene, you know, while the grid was down and like water was contaminated and so yeah. forth? And um, his, his answer was, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't yeah. for it. And, that, and that's a great point because because prior to uh and prior to the fraud of 2020, um, I always pointed out as the best case study for preparedness because it, ch it checks so many boxes was what happened during Katrina. And my myself, I dug into so many things from the gun confiscation to the the lawlessness to the uh, lack of response time to the to the simply just not heeding warnings ahead ahead of time. I probably didn't put as much emphasis on hygiene as I should have. But I remember one thing that really stood out to me um, when researching that and thinking about it was there was dead bodies floating down the street. There was feces everywhere. It was very unsanitary um, situation. And there was actually a lot of people who got uh, staph infections and stuff like that and had some long lasting uh, effects from that that had nothing to do with the hurricane itself or any of the disaster stuff other than basically they got an infection because of unsanitary conditions. Well, there's no doubt. And, and people died from it as well. Um, and that would be the case for almost any um, real disaster that lasts longer than, which is most that long, that lasts longer than, you know, a few weeks. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, living this preparedness lifestyle, um, you have to incorporate it into your plans, no doubt. So, right. And, and you know, as, as this subject was a uh, topical for us, I'm thinking about it. We recently had, um, our house that we bought, it's its not old, but it's at the point where the appliances are kind of getting old. So we're having kind of one thing after another go out. And I have a city gas line that powers the water heaters and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had it planned out that once those things give out, I want to get one of the um, tankless water heaters that's electric. But before this water heater just went out, we got two in the house. One of them just went out right now, which was a simple fix, thank God. But I, my plan is to do one of the tankless water heaters, but it runs on electricity. And we just came off of a week long of no electricity. So now I'm second guessing what I, which I thought was a good idea at first because of hygiene and thinking about this episode and, and how to approach that. Um, I think some people who are in an urban situation, it's very popular right now to have um, electric water heaters. And if you suffer a grid down scenario and that's the only way you're going to have warm water, what's your backup plan, right? Right. I mean, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, it's actually something I I thought about today uh, as well because I'm going to create a um, I mean you could call it a course called becoming a uh, prepreneur 
And part of being a preparer is just basically being uh, prepared for basically building your home in a way that is prepared for these types of situations. And so coming up here, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm doing. But if I had to build a home or when I remodel my home, I plan to do it totally different where it's just built in versus the things I'm doing now that are kind of add-ons. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned that as well. And I think it should be incorporated. And I know how to do it, uh, but that's kind of moving off the subject. Uh, but there's definitely a way to incorporate into a new build or into a remodel um, how you can keep, you know, keep that hot water going. Uh, so that's that's actually not a big deal. Right now, how about this? So um, some of the questions I sent, and like I said, like you said, you didn't, we're a little past the questions, but question one that I had that was at the top of my mind I wanted to ask you was what are the top three things that you prioritize for the SHTF hygiene? Hmm. Well, I mean, bathing, I would say, would, you know, is up there. But you know, I, I think, yeah, bathing is number one I would go with. You know, you have to stay clean. Um, then I would consider something like um, every day kind of washing up. Um, so that's your hands, you know, making sure your hands are clean, making sure you, you're you're washing your face, making sure that you're brushing your teeth. or your, And then maybe that would be the, the, the third one would be hygiene as far as your dental, you know, dental dental concerns because i mean if you get a tooth infection or something like that i mean goodness gracious you're you're out for the count so i would say hand washing you know if i let, let's just put it in order so hand washing because that's just a daily thing bathing um and then dental care that's probably my top three see dental care like for long-term shtf dental care is one of those riddles that I think is very important to figure out because I've had dental issues. My kids have had dental issues and there's so much of that, that I don't know exactly how I would tackle during SHTF, to be honest with you, other than just trying to have like regular maintenance. Um, I got a book, which I actually haven't read. I've had it for a while though, but it was kind of a, a, a look at how they handled uh, dental work in like the wild, wild West days. And Man, I'll tell you what, the quick glance I had at it, I don't think that's something anyone in the modern world is prepared to go back to. Well, I think it's relatively simple and easy. And and so one of the things that I'm doing at Preparedness Awareness, and I'm doing these 66-day challenges, and it's up right now where you can do oil pooling. So coconut oil is something that, again, not talked about in the prepping community, but it should be one of the key preps that everybody should have. That's why, again, I always have to come back and ask this question, what is a prepper? Um, but coconut oil is critical. And so if you're doing oil pulling and you do that on the regular and you can start that now, you know, be a part of this challenge, do it for 66 days and you can keep it going forever. Like it, there's no need to just stop at six, 66 days. Your dental health will be off the charts. I mean, it's not just, it, 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 there's so many health benefits that you get from oil pulling that then if you had a situation or when that situation happens that, you know, shit hits the fan scenario, 
like it shouldn't be a concern at all. And what's so cool, um, I did an article about the benefits looking at it from a preparedness point of view is that water will be more of an issue, you know, as more time and time goes by. And so brushing your teeth, I mean, how much water is used, but still you're using water. Um, but if you do an oil pulling, you're not using any water. So, so expand on that for people who don't know, because I don't I have no clue like what an oil pulling is. I have coconut oil in my house. I have coconut oil prepped up, but that's for my coffee. Is okay. that the same type of coconut oil? Yeah, it, well, yeah, it would be, you know, obviously you want to get organic, um, extra virgin cocoa, uh, coconut oil, but you could use other oils. I just choose to go with coconut oil because one, it doesn't really have a shelf life, um, has very long shelf life. Um, and then there's so many other benefits to coconut oil, uh, as far as hygiene goes, like just, you know, you can use it like a lotion, like a uh, Vaseline, you can use it on your skin as well, which is again, part of hygiene. Uh, but coconut uh, or oil pulling is a ancient practice where you literally just take a scoop, a tablespoon, you know, some people, if you got a smaller mouth, maybe a teaspoon or, you know, or a heaping teaspoon, and you just swash it around in your mouth. You pull it in and out of your teeth for about 20 minutes. Um, or you could probably get away with, you could do 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. I do 20. And what that it does is a long time. It is. It's a very long time. And, but it goes, you know, like anything else, when you're, this is something you do while you're doing something else. So you, you it, it goes quick. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, you, you do it while you're driving to work, let's say. You know, by the time you get to work, you're at the parking lot, you spit it out. Um, so, so, but what it does, it, it's, it, it just gives you, it, it, it builds up good bacteria. It kills bad bacteria, builds up good bacteria. But here, I'll explain it. Let me um, let me just. Well, I got it googled up right now, and it says um, oil pulling may re remove bacteria, but it doesn't kill it, and that's the big difference. If oil pulling is used alone with regular brushing and flossing, then no, it is not an effective way to keep your mouth clean. It will not heal existing decay. Yeah, I mean that was probably written by a dentist. But all right, so oil pulling, um, it maintains proper hygiene, oral health challenges, blah, 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 long lasting effects, multiple, do, 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 do. hold on, let me go. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. So it says you could do it from anywhere from three to 20 minutes. It helps keep your mouth clean by removing uh, dead bacteria, which I guess I thought all bacteria was dead, but maybe I'm wrong on that, but not killing yeah. all bacteria. Look, go to my article, because I'm not going to read all this. Go to my article uh, at tpaca.co, um, and then you can read about it. Join the challenge, 66 days, and um, do some before and after pics and stuff like that. So it actually whitens your teeth as well. Yeah, uh, I've seen that on here is one of the benefits, and it's really good. The general consensus seems to be that it's really good for removing harmful bacteria and assist in your body in natural detoxification. Yeah, but it, it strengthens your immune system. It goes into overall, you know, well-being and health benefits. It's a it's low cost. So if you so yeah, like so I, the dentists don't benefit by it. That that's a, see, there's so many subverted uh, natural remedies that were just not shared with us um, in this day and age. And I think if you're of the prepared mind or of that of that. You know, if you're a like-minder, you're probably well aware of that. 
Well, absolutely. Well, I would hope so. But, um, you know, so it's, so that's one. Like, so you asked the question about that. So, um, you know, coconut oil, again, it's it, the, the amount of benefits that you get from coconut oil is just off the chart. So you can use it like a lotion. Um, again, it's long lasting. It will last longer than lotions um, and it'll be more healthier for you. So that, you know, obviously goes to hygiene, especially if you're in hot areas. It's the summertime. You're chapping, you're chafing. Um, you know, I use it down there for pri- down, you know, the private parts because it also kills bacteria that's on your skin as well. So it's not just like in your mouth. It just kills kills bacteria. So, um, you know, prepping or preparing, stockpiling, whatever you want to call it for, for, you know, emergency preparedness. If you don't have coconut oil as part of your uh, overall hygiene plan, then you're just not prepared. Um, now, when it comes to... Well, you're your- definitely ex- expanding my mind on that because I have, um, I don't know how big it is, but they're pretty, pretty well-sized tubs. I have about three of those put back for the sole purpose of using them for uh, for coffee and then for the dog. We actually mix it in with his food because we know that it's good for like digestive enzymes and stuff like that too. But there you go. There you go. And it's one of those one of those products, again, the shelf life is ridiculous. So if you buy now, you stockpile up, you put it in a rotation, like you're gonna save yourself some money. This is, you know, in my theory of oh, how to man, live, it, it, it is a uh, lifestyle. Under the Bidenomics, is that what they call it now, right? Yeah. Under the, Bi- <laughs> under the Bidenomics, I used to get it for like four fifty. I think it's up to like twelve bucks now. I know exactly. So, so that's something you should definitely stockpile. Um, another thing, like I said, when it comes to water, um, you know, or bathing, right? So you you need water, obviously, and you need access water because, um, you know, you can't rank that over drinking. You know, obviously you need, you need to drink water. If you don't drink water in three days, you're dead. So how do you have access to water? And then you have to perhaps filter that water and where are you going to do with that water? So this is where really preparedness becomes individually individualized based on, you know, where you live at, how you live, what environment. And so for me, I do a combination of a couple things. Um, I, I store those five gallon, but I store five gallon buckets of just water. So I have 50 of those. And in my mind, you could do like how van life does it, where they'll take a, a a five gallon bucket and knock out a shower real quick. Um, And so it'd be a quick shower, but it it will get the job done. And if you have 50 buckets like that, you do the math. (laughs) It could last, you know, pretty, you know, Technically, you, you you know, depending on how exerted, how much exertion you're doing, how much work you're doing during this time period and what time of year it is, ver- like summertime versus, you know, wintertime and stuff, how much you're sweating, you know, 50 bucks can go a long way. But I also then do the um, um, I capture my water. And I can capture my water and then transfer. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one thing I wanted to ask you about is what kind of uh, reuse for gray water do you have? Well, I when you say gray water, I, I don't I would not reuse gray water. So you mean like like dirty bathing water? You're saying right? No, I wouldn't use I would I wouldn't use it because I wouldn't need to. I have enough water. I can always capture water. I'm not far. I'm I'm not too far that I can't walk and just get water. Um, 
but I have enough water stored back. So we really would be talking about how long of a time period um, and, and, you know, how severe things would be and then how many people that I would have to take care of. So that's how, that's why this is so individualized. But for me, being in an urban environment, I have an emergency tarp system where I deploy when needed. I don't need to keep it up, but I can deploy it. Some people, if you live rural, maybe you could capture your water, get away with it because nobody would see it. But if you would do something like that in the middle of the city or you have a pool or you have something, well, you're now drawing attention to yourself. And so now, you know, now you have to step up your security. So that's because hygiene is that important. So so you have to think about all these different things. So I, I can quickly capture my water during a rainstorm, which pretty much nobody's going to be out during that time period, especially if it's late at night or early in the morning. I qu- quickly capture my water. Now, that's one thing to capture water. But then there's another thing to transfer that water to where you need it. And so that's where I have a um, I have a Milwaukee transfer pump that's run on batteries versus being plugged in. Um which wouldn't make a difference in my case, but it, 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 it runs on batteries and I will just transfer that water into my basement and I can actually transfer it into a tub. And that's how for my mother, she's, you know, she's not standing up doing showers. I would actually have to give her a bath. And so that's how I can then bathe her. Um, Cause the water could go right in there. Now, is that the best way of doing it? Because, you know, people will get into like, oh, God, rainwater is not that clean, this, that, and the third. I mean, we're really talking about a survival situation, so I can't be concerned about chemtrails. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't. That's not, that's not the conversation I think we want to have right now. So, you know. Yeah, that's a kind of pick your poison type thing right there. Like, can I can I get clean enough to be fine and, and sanitary? Or am I going to really worry about the nuances of this water? I'm with you on that. Right. And, and I could do things so many different ways because I have it set up. I'll have it set up in my survivor basement where I could bring that water, transfer it, and then I could put it on the stove and boil it. And then, you know, just really that would kill off something. But. I, I'm more talking in terms of heating it up so then it could be used as a nice hot bath versus a cold bath. Um, and and that's where another thing comes into play at. And I'll be doing this 66-day challenge on taking cold showers. I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, if we're going through a time where the shit hits the fan, you mentioned it earlier. You're talking about getting an electric um you know, water pump or what have you. Water heater, tankless water heater. Yeah, tankless water heater. So then that way you can take hot showers. Well, the reality is if it's a long-term survival type situation, eventually, you know, you can, you're not going to be able to depend on that. So people have to get accustomed to taking cold showers. And I want to challenge people to do that. I mean, a lot of people, again, that's why, I, and I'm going to keep on asking this question, what is a prepper? Because if you don't challenge yourself, and I've done it, it's it's actually relatively easy after you get past a certain amount of days. But but in the beginning, it's 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 a shock to your system, and so you have to you know put yourself through that kind of test. So then, when that time comes, because it will come, it's just a matter of when um, you'll be ready for it. So that's something else you'll have to deal with when it comes to hygiene and 
people have to understand that soaps um, act differently versus hot water and cold water. So, so don't think that you're going to be able to use that regular soap that you use to wash yourself in a cold shower or a cold bath. You'll just never get the soap off you. It'll just stay on you. And so you have to get certain products. And I use, I would recommend that everybody would use something called Cellafil. It's C-E-T-A and then Phil, P-H-I-L. I'm probably not saying that correctly, but that's again, a soap that has no shelf life. You actually don't even need water to use it and it kills bacteria. And so it will keep you clean, um, you know, even without water. So I, I always hold back and I have, I think, I think I kind of always go with about six of the um, 20 ounce bottles. So it's a, it's a lot because you don't need a lot of soap um, to use that. But I should get more, but six is good. Either way. Yeah, but I don't think people realize you probably don't need as much soap as we're like used to using. And in a, in a long-term, maybe SHTF scenario, you know, you're going to want to be focused on a little bit more rationing in general. Well, I don't think so. And, I, and not to just be argumentative, I think if you just prepare and live this this certain preparedness lifestyle, it's just you should have m- most of the things that you need. I mean, I'm talking to a certain point, and that point is at least two years. Once you get past two years, then you know whatever is whatever. But I mean, for most, almost 99% of any kind of disaster that we can even think of, will probably wouldn't last more than a year or so. So. I mean, I don't, I don't plan to be sacrificing if it's within a year or within two years, because how hard is it to store this stuff? I have the room. Now, again, this comes down to personal, you know, preparedness. I personally have the room. I have plenty. Right. Of so yeah, man, I that's, can store you, all this You stuff. say like uh, the, for hygiene and stocking back, I think specifically um, we all saw the, the great toilet paper run of 2020. Yeah. There's Talk a classic about- example talk about a hard like a hard thing to have to figure out if you're not really of that preparedness mindset but what an easy thing to have had prep back already it was so surprising to me that that you know during which, which at the time initially you didn't know which way it was going to go how real it was or how how real it wasn't but the number one items during that time frame became hygiene items Toilet paper and disinfecting wipes. Absolutely. And, and, that's and, for, something, and, and water, in water. There was a run on water. And that's something that nobody should have to be concerned about. Like if you don't have, I, I actually know how much toilet paper I use in a year. So what I do is I'll take a 36 pack of toilet paper. And then I, you know, I, I take it out of the packaging. I put it into my closet. And then the first, the first rolls I mark you know, the date of when I put it in. So by time I get down to then the, that would be now the last rolls. Um, I can see the actual date of when I purchased it. And so I know I can use a 36 pack in my home that will last a little shy of a year. It lasts. And I've done this now three years in a row. So it lasts about 10 months. Um, and it's been consistent that way. And so, 
I have more than enough toilet paper. I mean, more than enough. And I even have it to the point where, again, if water is scarce. What a, what a simple prep. So, so from based on your math you did, I don't think anyone takes the time to do that math. But if you did, if you're taking this preparedness seriously, for your situation, 36 rolls, you could have three years and just three purchases of a 36 roll pack, which can't be more than what, 20 bucks? Well, no. I mean, they're... Oh, you, yeah, for the packs, like $23 or something like that. You're right. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, for so one. Under, for under $70, you got three years worth of toilet paper taken care of. Easily. And that's something, for, again, from where I'm at and how, how my home is set up, very easy to store. And I actually have more than that because actually that's one of my uh, barter items that I'll be using because, again, I know people will not be prepared for that. And that is in co com combination with wet wipes because I don't want to have to use my use a lot of toilet paper because then you have to also you know, that hygiene also goes into, and I would put this in the top four, top five is trash removal. And we can get into that as well as you have to have a plan for that uh, equally. So, um, you know, you don't want to create too much trash, um, you know, during this time period. So I would rather just use a, a you know, a wet wipe or whatever to kind of finish up, let's say. And so I have plenty of those stored back. I have to have them for my mother. Um, I mean, I'm talking years worth. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually kind of ridiculous. So, um, so yeah. So you have to think about things like that, you know, so I'm glad you mentioned that is, you know, obviously toilet paper. Um, but then you have to get into, which I would consider my everyday water. And that's like your hand washing, like because we're going through a period, it doesn't mean we're not hitting, we're not outside. We're probably outside more than we would normally be outside. So that might be working in the garden. That might be working with security. That might be working to fortify things, fix stuff, um, working with neighbors. You know, you know, you're going to be, we're going to be outside a lot. And so I believe that you should have at least, you know, living up to the concept one is none, two is two is one is two hand washing stations. And so I have one um, and then I'm going to build a bigger one. I want to actually build one. I want it kind of sizable because also when you talk about hygiene, you have to talk about dishwashing and dish and, and, you know, cleaning up. That's all part of, in my mind, you know, hygiene. Um, and we can even get into laundry, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to stay focused. So like, um, but hand washing stations. So I want to have two of those. Um, and I only have one right now. Uh, See, now dishwashing. Now this might be where we differ a little bit. Cause I, I prep back and just in our regular day life, um, we use a lot of paper um, plates and stuff just to reduce the amount of um, dishes that we have to do. I, I think that one of the big things we're going to do is um, it's kind of like when we go camping, right? We go camping. Everybody has like an assigned cup and they have some assigned utensils. 
but in terms of like the plates and all that in the bowls, it's all paper products because we plan on completely just disposing of those. So we have less to clean up when we go camping and we've gone on camping trips, you know, anywhere from three to seven days and to only have um, a little bit of dishes to do like the main dishes, the, the one pot, the one pan. And then, you know, we got, we got six people, six people's cups and then six people's little sport utility utensil, which is just, you know, it's not a fork. It's not a, you know, you don't have everything. You just have one and one utensil makes it a lot easier for this. So that's definitely part of our um, sanitation plans when we, if she hits the fan and we have to be in that scenario, it's just to kind of treat it like a camp scenario. And in that camp scenario, we do have a base washing station that's set up kind of like at our little base camp. I would tend to agree. Again, this just comes down to, you know, the degree of the disaster. And if it's a, something that's within three months or so, yeah, I would do that as well. But if it's something that's going to go towards a year, I think I see I have to in my mind, I always have to prepare for long term situations, the very, very rare ones, uh, because the other ones are so easy to prepare for. I don't even have to think about it. It's like simple to me. It's like waking up to me. So I don't waste energy thinking about those because that's just part of what I do, like how I live. It's more of the long term type scenarios. And I think I try to think about it in a way that's extremely smart because the idea that we're going to have a nuclear attack or World War Three or a, a great depression or what have you is so rare, but not unlikely, but very, very rare. Let's keep things in perspective here. So in my mind, I have to do something that I can use. 99% of the time when those things don't happen. So I'm outside right now in the garden now. Would it be in my benefit to have a off-grid water state hand washing station today? Of course it would be because I live a preparedness lifestyle. I don't think the same way like, uh, say, when I had my prepper mentality. When I had my prepper mentality, it was like, yeah, okay. Um, you know, just get what you need and, you know, store it back. But my preparedness lifestyle mentality is a little different. It's like, no, just live your life. Don't worry about being afraid of something that's so rare that could happen. But is it something that you would need anyway? Is it something that you would use? And, and when I mean something that you would use, I mean, does it save you money as well? And I would agree. I would think that it would, and that's why I'm going to build it. So it then will work also if that rare occasion would happen. And, and, and so then it makes sense to me. So that's how I think about preparedness now. I think about preparedness as a lifestyle more than something that you just do. Um, so hand washing, like I said, you know, would be, would be another one. So I have multiple ways to take a shower or a bath, um, or to transfer water, you know, everything two is one, one is none. Um, everything could be done in a very covert stealth way because I live in an urban, urban environment. Wouldn't want people to know that I have all these things. Um, it wouldn't want to draw too much attention to myself, um, depending on what the situation is, regardless really what the situation is. And, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of like, to cover those top three. 
Um, I think that's great. Now, this is a I mentioned in all that having our top three, right? Out of those top three, or maybe it's not in the top three, and you just you just think it might be um, something that's hard to get. But my question is, what hygiene item do you think will be the hardest hygiene item to find after or during SHTF? Hmm. Because my first mind went to toilet paper because we've already seen it. But part of me hopes that people have prepped back toilet paper. If there was anything that everybody in America should have prepped back by now, it should be toilet paper. Well, I mean, I obviously use that. I'm using toilet paper for, for barter. So I obviously would agree with you there. Uh, another barter item I'm going to be using um, is tarps. Because a great way to collect rainwater is just basically, you know, take a five by seven, one of those dollar, dollar ninety nine deals that you can get from Harbor Freight, those blue tarps, put on a fence, kind of make so a So you think that would be the hardest item to get during SHTF or hygiene? Well, you have to, people have to collect water. You know what I mean? Like collecting water, water is going to be the key almost for everything cooking i mean water's the key so people the, will be putting out little pots be... and pans and they'll be putting out like if you ever watch these videos of um you know third world nations and how they collect water it's like pots and pans and you know buckets and all this kind of stuff they're putting out that's great and that's what we would do here as well but to make it more efficient when you have a square footage of five by seven you can capture a lot more water so that will be invaluable for people who want to capture water. Then I've collected, I would say maybe a cup, a hundred, couple hundred, um, 16 ounce bottles uh, that I'm eventually going to make labels for. If I don't make the labels, oh well. And um, I'm going to be selling bleach to then purify your water. So to Man, make bleach, bleach during the, during 2020, it was actually very hard to get too. Yeah, and bleach is like again very simple. Pool shock makes 10,000 gallons of bleach. So if you have and, that knowledge, and actually, on you how might to know this bleach. question too. But you used to be able to find um, bleach for like 99 cents for a gallon. I think it's almost like no, you can't to- store bleach. Bleach has a shelf life of maybe six months, maybe, and so you can't store bleach. Bleach is one of those items you can't store. But what you can store is pool shock. You have to actually make your own bleach. And so there's other things to use besides, I just say pool shot because it's like, you know, more universally known. Um, But there's, you know, there's better ways of doing it. And so you you make your own bleach, which again, you can stockpile that. And that literally takes up no space. It's like a shelf, maybe, you know, on some bookshelf. It's like a little space you need. And you can literally make, tens of thousands of gallons so if you need a barter item that is probably the cheapest and probably going to be one of the most important is going to be selling bleach and that will help to purify water and i'm going to make a label write uh, simple instructions on how to do it and then and then barter that out as well now eventually i'll get where i won't have any more bottles um, but the one thing that we have in abundance in America is basically water bottles. 
Um, they're everywhere. <laughs> so I probably have to do a little scavenging, but I probably could create water bottles. But if I got it to the point, if things got really bad, we will have, I would assume we would have like um, swap meets kind of places. Like people will get together at a parking lot or get together at a church and say, hey. Yeah, there'll be there'll be some barter by uh, kind of like flea market type deals springing up. Exactly. And so people will bring their own bottle. I'll just have, I'll have it in a big container and, uh, and then I'll just say, you know, bring your own bottle and I'll, I'll get you some bleach. So, you know, I would think that would be, you know, something important to, you know, stockpile is bleach. Now, um, part of your hygiene plan, would that consist of being ready for maybe uh, pandemic, a real pandemic to break out because of people's lack of hygiene? Would you have some stuff in place for that too? Is it something you would well, be that's concerned funny. about? That's funny you say that. And that comes, no, it's not an overly big thing for me. Um, I'll keep it real. But uh, um, I do stockpile. And it, this this one I'm kind of rethinking, but hydroperoxide. Um, is probably one of the better disinfectants to clean off countertops and stuff like that versus like Lysol and, you know, industrial brands. Um, Cause you can get, again, another, you can get multiple benefits with hydroperoxide. And when you're thinking about storing things or you're thinking about preparedness, you really should be thinking about multiple uses. Like, right now the hydrogen peroxide, we use that as mouthwash very often. There you so, go. See what I'm saying? The, so there is a lot of multiple purposes. And then um Tara, she does she does she does like kind of home cleaners that do include yeah. that as well for the Well, that's what I meant it as for as a home cleaner. So mm-hmm. during like some kind of pandemic, you have to you know you want to clean man. I don't know if you've done a mouth rinse with that before, but that is such oh, a yeah. it's a little bit of a mind fuck because we're used to Listerine and stuff like that, but man, that is a way cleaner feeling in your mouth than like you've probably experienced with any other sort of mouthwash if you've never tried that before absolutely well wait till you do oil pulling for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i think i'm going to start out with the low end recommendation of three <laughs> <laughs> three all right but um but yeah so i mean we can go on there's so much stuff and i want to encourage people i'm going to be launching uh frederickready.com frederickready.com and I'm going to share all my preparedness on there. You know, over a course of time, you'll see everything I'm doing. Um, it's going to be exclusive. Like I'll do stip, like, you know, like little reels or, you know, shorts or, you know, a little 60 second. Yeah, people, people haven't seen on your Instagram. I know you post it everywhere. I think I mostly interact on the Instagram, but at preparedness awareness and at Frederick ready, but the water catchment system you've been talking about, that is genius. It looks so great. You did a, such a great job on that and your platform on preparedness awareness. If uh, people, um, people are not a part of that and haven't gone to it, I encourage you to, because I know the information that Frederick ready is going to be putting out is going to be super detailed, super informative, and he's going to bring kind of a perspective that, Nobody in the preparedness community uh, or like-minder community or the preparedness mindset community even brings to the table at all. It's, it's 
anyone else pales in comparison to what you're going to be sharing and the way you share it and the detail that's thought out through it. So if people aren't following you, they need to. Where would be the easiest place to pe- for people to go to follow you on all their stuff? Just go to preparedness.tips, preparedness.tips, and you'll just see all my links to every single thing I do. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, for audience members right now, I'm going to do a pre-launch special. It's either $4.99 a month, um, but that's normal price. But if you do a year, it's $29.95 for the whole year. Um, or if you do a lifetime membership, it's just $99.95 versus $1.95. Uh, so half price off the year, half price off the uh, lifetime membership. But th- that's the place where I'll be, you know, feeding feeding everyone with great detail. Like I'll go into long form content, really sitting there explaining it. And then obviously any questions I answer, but there's just so much. And I think we kind of, you know, did a good job here to explain it. But like, I mean, let me just go on one more tangent. I don't think people understand waste. And so if you don't not, and this is again, one of those ones that preppers just don't talk about, um, um, if you don't have a waste removal plan for a long-term situation, everything we just talked about is almost mute <laughs> you know what because that is going to be critical. You know, what are you going to do with your urine? What are you going to do with your feces? Do you, do, have you even thought about it? Do, do, you, do you have any idea what you would do with that? And then just with your garbage, which is plates and forks and knives and all that kind of stuff. How much, you know, um, trash bags do you have stored back? And is that trash bag going to be enough? And where are you going to put it at? Do you have like feral cats out there, squirrels? I mean, people digging the well, trash a lot of bags people all day. Will, a lot of people who don't think this through or are not of the mindset of preparedness. When, when you talk about this stuff, they default to fires. Like, oh, I'm going to burn it. Well, have you thought about the attention that that fire might bring to you? Oh, and then they say stuff like, well, I'm just going to bury it. Well, if you have your survival garden and you're burying all this stuff in the soil, are you contaminating your soil? Like there's a lot of steps that people don't think through or even take the time to research. Absolutely not. And it's a shame. And you should. And so I'll give you one tip. I have probably, I mean, it's at a ridiculous level. Uh, let's just say 100 because whatever, it might be more, but let's just say a hundred. I have a hundred of those, say Home Depot um, type um, paper bags, you know, for, for waste, like garden waste. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty tall, they're, you know, pretty substantial, probably what I say, 40 gallons, maybe, you know, somewhere around there. Um, and it's paper, you know, versus plastic paper, you know? And so, I hold back those and that's going to be part of my waste removal plan. Now I will build a smokeless um, uh, trash burning can, like, you know, one of those big, um, uh, I can't think of the name, like those oil cans or what do you industrial, you know what I mean? Where they burn, where you burn your trash in. Yeah, you like can, a like a, a barrel you'll see. At, like, yeah. A like a barrel, like a the, burn barrel. The homeless guy singing around. And there you go. Now I have one already, um, but I need Do to you get sing me- around it. I don't sing around it. And you should try. <laughs> I'm not making any <laughs> mushrooms around. I'm not. I'm not roasting mu- um, well, not mushrooms. But oh my goodness gracious, marshmallows. Um, 
But no, I haven't used it because I'm actually, I need another one. And then there's a way to make a smokeless one. So I do have a, a section in my survival backyard set up for burning trash. So I will include burning trash, but I don't, I want to do it where it's smokeless. And, and this again, really comes down to where you live at and what area you're going to be in. And then what time of the year it's going to be. And I mean, there's so many things that go along with that, but um, I have thought about trash removal very, very deeply um, and waste, especially waste removal um, very deeply. And so I would suggest other people would have a plan for that as well. So well, awesome. I hope I hope people were able to get kind of the hygiene um, preparedness juices flowing. If it's something that you haven't addressed by far, um, we could probably go into way more detail on this topic. But I think, you know, kind of for the first time us touching on a subject like this on the podcast, it's a good intro to things to think about, things to be aware of. And of course, you can follow Frederick Reddy um, at the preparedness.tips. You can follow me on Instagram um, at Last Prepper Standing. Follow me at American Prepper Club. And of course, the our group has been growing as well. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Just during this podcast, I had uh, two notifications for two more signups. So I don't awesome. know exactly what's going on, but you know, the Preppers Club has been gaining members, and I believe that it's going to continue as we do uh, great collaborations like this with Frederick Reddy, and we work on stuff. And Frederick, you know, I give you all the credit in the world for even getting me dialed in and built and building my own brand and club. And, you know, I appreciate that. Appreciate you for that as well. Hey, no problem, brother. All good, man. We've got a lot of people out there, a lot of people that need to start looking to uh, build a preparedness lifestyle. So that way you can create some freedom in your life. And, and, um, you know, my slogan for my community is that the solution to fear is providence and preparedness. Don't allow these other preppers out there create fear inside of you. The prepping profiteers. Don't ever allow that. Don't live like that. Live in a way that's positive. Live in a way that, is righteous and have the confidence that everything's going to work out as long as you believe in providence and preparedness and you make it a lifestyle for you. But, um, God bless you guys. Thanks for inviting me on. And, um, we're all going to be okay, man. I appreciate it, brother. Until next time, guys, that was Frederick ready. Obviously my favorite guest of all time, please, Make sure to follow them at preparedness.tips. Hit them up all the brands. Definitely encourage you to sign up for the preparedness um, community that he has going on. Until next time, last pepper standard.